50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, how you doing, Julie? Hey, I love these episodes. I'm so happy to be doing them. I just miss you. Like I, I know we talk 24 seven anyway, but I love this time because I feel like it's just our in, uninterrupted time free from the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so as you guys know, typically we treat this show as a Keeping Up with the Kardashians episode recap. And last week, <laughs> two weeks ago after the last episode, we randomly find out that there isn't another episode until September. So like, that's fine. You know, it was a little bit panic inducing, but then it was fine because realistically there's a million different things that we can do with this episode. And so we took last week off. We wanted our other episodes to breathe. And for this week, we were thinking like, what should we do? And if you guys remember on March 18th, we recapped season one, episode one, and it was such a throwback. It was so much nostalgia. So we kind of decided for the next however many weeks, we are going to do the entire season one. This has been probably our most requested, I think, right? Our most requested bonus show. Yes. I yeah. think so. Yes. So right now this is season one, episode two. Did it just like we do these ones scene by scene, but God damn, you guys, it is so interesting to see what they were like back in the day, back in the Calabasas ranch when fame was just like a sheer dream, you know? Yeah. Back when fame was a dream, when no one knew what the fuck Calabasas was, like Calabasas wasn't on the map. No, it it, it existed in another universe. This is when Dash was the coolest thing around. Like we were living in different times here. I never owned anything from Dash and I always wanted to. I used to go to that Soho store, like just on the rare chance that they would be there if any fucking world as if they would, but like you still hold out hope, you know? Remember you would like sweet talk the security guard and you'd be like, are they back there? Just tell me I won't do anything. (laughs) Sounds like so vividly. I remember that. Um, (laughs) But anyway, you know, we just wanted to kind of, that's what we're going to do for the next however many episodes. And then after that, we'll go from there. We can, there's a million different options. That's the thing with these Kardashian bonus shows, you guys, we can make them whatever we want. If if something crazy happens and we want to devote an entire episode to like, what the fuck is going on with Larsa Pippen? We could do that too. So the world is our oyster, and I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did because this was a trip. It was a trip. It's a goddamn dream to do this. Yeah, and I also have to say, definitely listen to our season one, episode one episode from March 18th because, you know, at least you're coming in with some context now. And before we start, I know this is typically something we would talk about in the Kardashian recap of our regular show, but we physically cannot wait till Monday, <laughs> you guys. That stormy video with the M&Ms, Julie. No. No. Emma? No. First of all, I feel like if you're listening to this episode, it would be a disservice to make you wait till Sunday or Monday to hear us talk about it. Like, I just would never put you through that. That video changed my life. No, Julie. I mean, I have, 
First of all, Stormy's a genius. You realize unprompted she pulls out the word patience in perfect context? I mean, obviously I realize that. No, I it was not get over it. She's sitting there calming herself, like really talking to herself. I can't even, I can't even handle her. Like, I think she's in a league of her own. I swear yes, to you. Yes, she is. She's, she's in a complete league of her own. She's a goddamn genius. I know. That's why when everybody keeps asking me like, oh, what do you guys think? Do you think, you know, Kylie and Travis are going to get back together? I'm not even saying that they are. Like, I think they are kind of in the middle of that. But regardless of what happens, I can't imagine Kylie wanting to have kids with someone else when she saw how absolutely perfect her child with Travis came out, you know? I so agree. That kid is, no. I'm sorry. I don't even have the words for it. For her, you know what my favorite part of the video is? When she realizes Kylie's like actually gone and she goes and you can see her hands go to grab it and then she stops herself right before she starts singing Patience. Oh my God, I've never seen anything cuter in my life. No, like it's not just because she's Kylie's kid. Like if this was, you know, one of my cousins or if this was anybody that I just knew of, I would be equally as invested in this kid's childhood. There's just something about her. What was the thing that she did the last time that was so goddamn cute that I broke my phone about it? <laughs> it was adorable. I don't remember, but it was adorable. Everything. I literally ran in to show my mom and, and I dropped my phone on the ground because I was going so fast to show her the video of Stormy. Which is like the only acceptable excuse to break your phone over. Yes, yeah. when I got it three days before. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was really something. So yes, we were freaking out about that as much as all of you were. She's just a goddamn genius baby. I can't get over it. So you guys, we're going to do this like we do the regular episodes. We're going to go scene by scene. Julie, you know, did a lot of transcribing, did a lot of did a lot of outlines and uh, let's get into it. You ready? I'm so ready. Okay, so this episode is entitled Managing Mom and the description is, quote, Chris's busy schedule as working mom is getting to her, causing her to hire a baby babysitter to help around the house. So we started off with this montage of all of the modeling and the photo shoots that Kim is doing at the time, which I obviously recognize that this was years ago, but it's just so funny to see in contrast. Like at the time, those couple of photo shoots were the biggest deal. Meanwhile, now a photo shoot is a dime a dozen for them. Right. Like at the time, everything was the biggest deal and none of them were actually like big deals in the grand scheme of what she would become to do. Right. So, you know, the episode kind of starts around the fact that Chris booked Kim to walk in this fashion show. And, you know, they're all Courtney, Chloe, Kim, Chris, they're all getting glam at Kim's apartment. And like, it's, it's so hard to watch this now without the lens, without our 2020 lens on, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. It's impossible. Even the things that they're saying, I'm like, how did you get away with it? And you have to remember that it was 2007. Right. And like Chris enters the apartment with a bottle of wine and she says, she's like, you know, Kim doesn't drink. So we just have to bring our own. And like, it's so funny because you have to remember, this is the episode, the second episode of the first season. So they're really still painting the characters to us. Whereas now in season 17, we don't need someone to tell us that Kim doesn't drink. We know that. Right. And we also need someone to tell us that Chris does drink. Right. But like, it's so interesting how they have to make, take all these little extra steps in order to paint their characters because it's true. We knew nothing about them at the time. The one thing I can't get over every time I watch it, like everything else about them makes sense to me. The one thing that I cannot get over is how trashy they make Chris out to be. I know. And it's almost purposeful. Because having known her like pre-Kardashians, like during her marriage to Robert, even before then, when she grew up seeing pictures of her, like she wasn't like that. They make her seem like she was this trash that just fell into the lap of being a Card- like being a Kardashian or a Jenner. Yeah, it's so true. It's such a good point. I think that they 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 um 
make her out to be almost like she'll do anything for a quick buck, which they were the first to admit that they kind of would. But yeah, you're, you're spot on with that. So the next scene, they arrive at the fashion show and they kind of dramatically get out of this black SUV and it's right on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, they would not be caught dead here now. Like you can't be more front and center. From now on, they only go through this private back entrances, no cameras, et cetera. And there's a sign for the fashion show and the camera zooms in on the sign and it's a piece of paper duct taped on the wall and in Sharpies, it says, Celebrity Catwalk Fashion Show this way. So like- you have to remember at the time, this is a big deal. Like Kim's excited to do it. Chris feels like she booked her a really good gig and we get there and it's like, you know, <laughs> Sharpie on a piece of paper, duct tape. I, I was like, if you guys only knew that Kylie is about to be like the fucking fashion director for the Balmain show and Kendall's about to be a supermodel, like they had no idea what was about to happen. It's kind of unbelievable that they were even able to go from that to what they are now. Like, I know we talk about all that. I know we talk about it all the time, but it's really crazy. Like, that doesn't usually happen where people are doing, like, these little dingy shows with, like, duct tape signs that they're now, like, cover a Vogue. Like, that is not, that's crazy. It's it's very, I don't know. I, I have, I have to tell you, Julie, Watching it is like a very unique experience. And I know a lot of people say that they just listen to these and they don't actually watch the show. I highly recommend watching an episode just to get yourself in the headspace because you are not going to believe, you are just not going to believe it. Like you are not going to believe these are the same people that now exist in this, in this, you know, like extravagance. No, you can't believe it because also like you can never apply, like you could never take another person and try and emulate what the Kardashians did. It would never come out that way. It's almost a fluke that it happened. No, that's why they're so successful. It's a total fluke. So they get there and security asks to check their IDs, which, I mean, could you imagine if that happened today? Chris is appalled. (laughs) Chris is like, why do I need to check my ID? They're in the show. Yeah, Chris like, Chris can't even fathom, which it's so funny because I'm like, oh, honey. Imagine if someone asked you now. But you know what's funny is that actually if someone asked them now, they'd be so humble about it. They'd be like, oh, here you go, because they wouldn't want to come off like that. It's so, so true. She would have never done that now. Like Chris would have been like, Chris would have made a joke about being like, you don't believe me that I'm 20, that I'm over 21. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so true. And, you know, Kim's walks out. So you see, I mean, the rest of the crowd here is just not the type of vibe that they want to associate with. And Kim walks out in this white button-down shirt and a knee-length black pencil skirt. And meanwhile, she's next to like <laughs> these these girls in their, with their thongs out, which there's nothing wrong, but I mean, she looked like she was coming from a secretary job. Meanwhile, yeah, she- no one told her how to dress for this. Chris gave her nothing. <laughs> and also, who were the celebrities? I didn't see one. I was yeah. thinking that too. So, you know, Kim says, she's like, I cannot believe my mom booked, for, booked me for this. This is the worst show ever. And, you know, you see all of them, like they all can't believe it. So at least that was kind of comforting because it wasn't like they all thought in the moment, like this was a great thing. Like they at least had the perspective to recognize like, okay, even this shit is below us. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yes. And Kim leaves before the show is over because she just can't take it. And she says like, I didn't want to be unprofessional, but I had to get out of there. And she's like, nobody even noticed that I was gone. And it was so interesting because of course you can't compare the two situations now, but imagine Kim leaving a job early and like what headline that would be now. Oh my God, it would never happen. It would ne- um, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And they're in the elevator and they're talking about, you know, how bad the show was. And, and Chris is kind of like saying, listen, it's not my fault. You can't win them all. And Scott's there smoking a cigarette. And 
it's it's such a mind fuck. I wish we had footage of just season one Scott. Like I would have watched a show that was just Scott where he was the main character. Every time he comes on, I'm like, you are going to be so proud of yourself yeah. as to where you ended up. He wouldn't even believe it if you told him then. No, nobody would have. You asked him then and you were like, where do you think you'll be when you're 36? So he would probably say that he was still single. For sure. So, you know, the, the whole thing is centered on the fact that Kim says, she's like, I get really frustrated because my mom wants to book me for everything that comes our way. She's like, and I need her to pay attention to focus on what's going on, which I think in the earlier stages of Chris's role as a manager, this was an issue. And like Kim even says that it was her issue too. She would do any sort of ad, any sort of job. And it wasn't until, I mean, I know that obviously um, kind of scaled down as they got more famous, but it wasn't really until... Kanye, when Kanye said to her, like, no, 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 you don't need to be doing all these things. Like you can be selective. Remember, she speaks about that. Yeah, she talks about it. It's actually interesting because I think Chris, actually, I think Chris and Kim both attribute how famous they got to them not saying no to anything. Because I think from Chris's mentality, it was like, put her fucking everywhere. Like make her a face that you cannot forget and that you can't escape. And I think that helped with building her fame to like, an unreachable level. And then when Kanye came in, it was like, okay, the fame is there. Now let's get her to the other side of fame, which is like not just being known, but being respected in the industry. Exactly. Exactly. So Mother's Day is coming up. And I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candles, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. 
So the next scene, they're back at the house, which the nostalgia from that Calabasas ranch just does something to me. I got to tell you. It's overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, Kim is in this red and black button down shirt, a black skirt, black wedges. The outfits are just. (laughs) They're too good. They're too good. You could not make this shit up. It's almost a lot of Kim's shirts are actually, not everybody will get this reference, but some of you will. A lot of Kim's shirts in early seasons of Kardashians are very similar to early seasons of Real Housewives of Orange County with those like shirts with the bedazzled stuff right under the tits. Like it's just, I thought you were, were going to say like a lot of Kim's outfits in season one are like very Charlotte Russe. And I was like, yes. Well, that too. <laughs> so, you know, in, in the living room, it's uh, Kylie, Kendall, Caitlin, and you know, at the time Kendall and Kylie are 10 and 11. So they're fighting and you see Kim kind of taking on this, older sister role, like Kylie Kendall said, you hit her first, you know, just like these rambunctious little tweens. They were so crazy. I forgot. They were wild. They were literally bouncing off the walls. I mean, in in the last episode, they're on the fucking stripper pole. I love that. I think that is the most classic scene ever. You know? So, um, Chris walks in and Kim leaves and she's like, listen, you know, I have to get to my photo shoot. And Chris is really confused because she's like, you're supposed to be there by nine 30. Basically what happened was Chris had, Kim had two jobs booked. Chris didn't tell her about one. They get into a disagreement as to whose fault it was, but basically Kim is feeling frustrated because she's like, you, you as my manager, you're supposed to keep the schedule straight. And now I'm going to look bad for something that wasn't even my fault. Right. That was a general vibe. Yeah. The first five seasons of the show are that by the way, the first five seasons of the show are Kim being like, you didn't tell me I had this thing. And Chris being like, Chris being like, oh, I'm so sorry. But like, you also have this other thing. And Kim's like, you're a bad manager. You don't pay attention to me. And that's five seasons back and forth. Yeah, exactly. And you can see the tension is mounting. And, you know, Caitlin is, this is kind of when we get introduced to the fact that Caitlin is really the one that's kind of holding down the house in terms of Kendall and Kylie and a lot of the daily responsibilities. And Caitlin says in her confessional, she's like, my life really revolves around my family. I mean, I've got a big enough family that covers my day 24 seven. And, you know, she's doing the laundry. She's taking the dog to the vet. She's doing all of the things that like the house could not function without her basically. Yeah. It's actually really, I think one of the most surprising parts of the way Caitlin was when the kids were little, like watching her is finding out that that like Brody and Brandon and, and Caitlin's other kids did not have that same experience with her. Yeah, because when we were watching this, I remember us thinking like, Caitlin is super dead, you know? Yeah. Like there's nothing that she wouldn't do. And then when all of this comes out that the like the love and attention was so um, not proportional to, to the rest of her kids was just very surprising. It was really surprising, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, when I watch these, this season and see how involved she was and how respected by Chris she was and all, you know, all of these qualities about her, I almost can't believe that the state that we're at now. Yeah, same. In terms of her relationship with the kids. I don't know. It's just, it's really, it's such a mind fuck. All of this. All of it is. It's, I mean, oh my God. I know. So the next scene, Chris and Courtney are at Smooch together, which is obviously the children's clothing store that they own. And I just want to say, you know, of course, Julie and I will always refer to Caitlin as Caitlin. We would never dead name. But in some of these confessionals, we're reading direct quotes and we're not going to change the direct quote. So if you hear, you know, Chris say the name Bruce, that's not us. We're just reading the direct quote. We've kind of, in our research, that seems to be the most respectful way to do it. So we're not going to change the quote. But if you hear that, it's obviously not us. We are not dead naming. I just want to make that very clear. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So Chris says, I'm busy 24-7. I own a store with Courtney called Smooch, which is a few doors down from the girl store Dash. And then there's managing Kim and Bruce. And then there's my family. Thank God for Bruce. I couldn't do it all and take care of the little girls without him. Which again, you know, this is all, it's so interesting because I forgot like, we are at the point at season 17, they don't have to tell us anything. We know it all. You don't have to tell us Courtney's fucking health nut order. You don't have to explain to us any background. Whereas here, they really have to set the scene. Like you have to tell us that you own a clothing store. You have to tell us about Caitlin's roles around the house. Like she really has to paint this picture that we're just so accustomed to now. Right. Well, imagine that it's how many years ago now, 13 years ago, and you're meeting this family. This is the second episode you're getting of these people that you didn't know previously. Your only other like introduction to them was a sex tape. I know. I so was it's re- like, it seems so crazy that there's all these things that they have to go over and reiterate. But like, the only reason we know those now is because they made it so clear in the beginning. I know. I just, I guess I'm, it's so, I almost wish I could channel my you know, however your old self watching this for the first time, because I can't like, I have, my perspective has become so obviously like interrupted by my knowledge now, which is an interesting way to do it. But it's like, I don't even remember what that was like with fresh eyes. It's really funny because I was having this conversation with Isabel the other day, not even about Kardashians, just about like TV in general in the sense of like, when something really big happens in TV, like, let's say you're rewatching a show, like for example, Friends. And I always, if I'm rewatching a show, will be like, I wonder what it was like when that first happened. Like, did people think that was a crazy plot twist? Or like, do I just not think that's crazy? Because in retrospect, I already knew it was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I don't know. It's like so hard to put yourself in that mindset because you can't, like, I can't remember watching this when I was younger. Like, I can remember the things that happened. I can remember like these certain scenes, but I don't remember what it felt like or what I was thinking when I was 13 watching this. I remember what I do remember is thinking that they were so cool. Like thinking that there was nobody cooler than Kim. I don't remember. I do. I thought she was the most beautiful. I thought, you know, especially as an only child, I w- it was so interesting to me to watch this house with all of these kids. I thought Rob was so hot. I, I, you I know, remember I was- thinking Rob was hot. That's probably the only thing I remember. Like as it got older, like when, when it was like season five, I probably, or like season three on, I probably like can remember what I thought. But the earliest seasons, I don't think I can. First of all, I think Rob like contributed to my sexual awakening, quite frankly. Like, yeah, same. Rob there. Yeah, Rob very well may have been one of the first guys that I like thought about when I was fingering myself for sure. Like yeah, he I was, definitely agree with that. Oh my God, Rob was the- He was the be all end all. Oh, I can't He was, it. take every other like teen that you were obsessed with at that age, none of them compared to Rob. Literally Ryan Sheckler is fucking shaking, is he not? No, Ryan Sheckler was shaking, but also yeah. at the same time, Ryan Sheckler was not shaking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> So in this scene, you know, Caitlin takes Kendall and Kylie to get their nails done. And it's very interesting watching, I think, this scene now, because at the time when you're watching it for the first time, you're thinking like, oh, you know, Caitlin's such a good dad doing like being dragged to the salon to go with them. And obviously we learned in retrospect, because this is what she said in her interview with Diane Sawyer, like all of those things were, were so enjoyable because they were something that felt natural to her. And even like getting her haircut was such a painful experience because she always fantasized about growing it longer. So it's it's interesting to watch it now knowing, or at least hypothesizing what was going through her head, you know? Yeah, exactly, totally. Yeah. So, okay, next scene, Kim pulls up to Dash in her white Range Rover, which truly, I don't know if you felt this way. Every time I see Kim in that like 
extra gaudy giant white Range Rover because they, they're obviously not the same as they are now. I yeah. think of the photo shoot where she's in the pink juicy tracksuit laying on top of the hood of the yeah. car. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? I love Kim in a white Range Rover. I want her to get one now just for like old time's sake. And a juicy tracksuit. Oh my God. Oh my God. We should order a couple juicy tracksuits to have during quarantine because I have a feeling like I would be very happy in one of those right now. Honestly, same. Is that weird to say? No, I'm going to look into it for us. <laughs> okay. So Kim walks into Dash and Courtney and Chloe are there. And she's just expressing how annoyed she is with Chris because she booked her for a photo shoot and for the cover of a magazine at an audition. And, you know, Courtney goes, you need to ditch the bitch. <laughs> Which is so classic Courtney. Courtney, first of all, Courtney looks the exact same. She really does. I mean, like she aged or changed in the slightest. Yeah. I mean, obviously we don't know for a fact, and I know that we don't really like to speculate about these things on the show, but I will say one of the thoughts that kept coming to my mind while watching this is if I had to guess, like if someone asked me to put money on it, I would say Courtney was one that had the least work done of all of them because she, she really looked very like herself. Yeah. She looks very similar and that's not a criticism to any of them. They all looked great and look great, but she definitely looks like the most similar. Yeah. Um, and you know, Kim says, she's like, I feel bad. I kind of yelled at mom on my way out. And Courtney says like, listen, you wouldn't have felt bad if this was just your manager. You only feel bad because it's your mom, which is an interesting point, which I think has come up in a, throughout a lot of the seasons, you know? Right. I think she also like, that's a ridiculous point. Like you would feel bad if you screamed at your manager and walked out. Yeah. Although she was making it a little bit more dramatic. It wasn't really, she didn't really fully scream at her. Right. Another really interesting part about watching this and specifically this scene is, you know, here you have Kim as the client, like take her out of the sister role. She as a client is complaining to her sisters about their mom, but also about her as the manager. And it's just so clear because it was actually what was going on that like the Chloe and Courtney can't relate to Kim's frustrations in the sense of like, they don't know what it's like for Kim, for Chris to manage them and have all these scheduling conflicts because they didn't have anything going on. Like, it really was the Kim show. It really was. And I, it's so funny because it's not even like they wanted to be in that position. Like, I think as it got older, they wanted to have more things to themselves. But at this point, they weren't, it wasn't like they even had the mentality of like, well, mom doesn't do anything for us. Or like, why are you the only one getting things? Or like, we don't care about the things that you have going on. You always have something going on. Like, they really were just like, okay, it's the Kim show. We have our store and we're happy that way. Exactly. There was, at least in these first two episodes, there wasn't really jealousy, it felt like, right? Right. And I don't even know if I would necessarily describe it as jealousy as it went on. It was more like they didn't even have any ambition of, of wanting that. Yeah, so true. So the next scene, Kendall and Kylie are in the backseat of Caitlin's car and, you know, classic siblings, like they're fighting, they're kicking and Again, it just all I could think of, like, wow, Caitlin was really, for lack of a better phrase, like, Caitlin was that bitch. She was the carpool bitch. She was the one. You know, every damn day she was so hands-on. Right. And it's so, yeah. Like, that was their whole childhood. That's why, Julie, I can't, I still have such a hard time with, like, this you know, okay, when it came out that she wasn't the same way to the other kids, the Brandon and Brody, okay, fine, we get that. But then this next shift of like, unless it's just we're not seeing it as much, the la- the like difference in closeness happens so drastically, it feels. Even just with Kendall and Kylie, I'm saying. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think Kendall and Kylie still probably have a relationship, but 
people forget, I think that like, there was so much drama that happened and so many secrets and not even just like, not even just Caitlyn's transition. Like it wasn't as black and white as that. Like there were so many other things that went on behind the scenes and so many things that was said about Chris and like so much drama that I think that there it's an entirely different family and entirely different relationship now than it was then they're entirely different people. No, totally. And I do think that if at the end of the day, if they had to choose their loyalty to one of them, which at a point they kind of did, it's Chris. Right. And I think it's obviously unfair to say like who, obviously the older ones are able to decide like Caitlin's not their biological father. I think with Kendall and Kylie, they're still in such an uncomfortable position. I think obviously things are so much better now than they were a couple of years ago. And I think they've gotten to a much better point. But I also think that something that I think about a lot is like when you, when you think about, when you hear about the way Caitlin was with the other kids, not Kendall and Kylie with the other ones, like you can almost understand the way their relationship is now. Does that make sense? Yes. It it does make a lot of sense. Actually. It's yeah. That was one of my, I, I will just say one of my most interesting observations in terms of comparison was watching the difference in relationship, you know? Yeah. It's a huge difference. I mean, also obviously we're not seeing as much now. Caitlin's not on the show anymore. We're only seeing whatever they let they let us see from Snapchat stories or Insta stories. But also, like, Caitlin has a lot going on now, too. And I think that was one of the common themes of when, you know, Brandon and Brody and, you know, Caitlin's older kids were growing up was that, you know, Caitlin was an Olympian. Caitlin had all of these things going on. Caitlin had speaking engagements. Caitlin was in this place and that place and somewhere else the next day. And when Caitlin was with Kendall and Kylie during that time, there wasn't much going on couple of motivational speeches, a couple of talking engagement. It really wasn't as much. So she had the time to be home with the kids. And now Kendall and Kylie are adults. They're doing their own thing. They have their own families. And Caitlin's got her own things going on again. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Very true. So, you know, this next scene, they're in the car and Chris calls and she says that she feels bad because Caitlin can't even play golf on her day off because Chris is so busy. And This is when she sets the idea that she wants to call an agency that she's been using for years and she wants to get a nanny. So that, you know, they come home and Caitlin's like, okay, you know, you have me. What do you need a nanny for? And Chris is like, I have the perfect person. We want to give it a trial run. She starts tomorrow. And it really doesn't solve any problems because it's not like Caitlin can golf anyway, because obviously she has to be there to like make sure the nanny's fine. Right. Like it doesn't solve anything. <laughs> it solved absolutely nothing. And we were, we're going to get, we have very interesting insight that we learned, which we'll get to in a couple of scenes. So, it doesn't solve anything, but it's for great TV. Yeah. So the next scene goes back to Kim's frustration with Chris. And she decides to set up a meeting at Chris's house with some other potential managers. So Frankie Delgado, who obviously we know from the Hills, this other guy, I think his name was Robert Tisdale. Um, and, you know, they're, she's sitting there, she's kind of interviewing them. And it's very clear that she has absolutely no fucking idea what's going on. Like it was in this moment that it hit her, like how much she took for granted. I think the fact that her mom was also her manager because she didn't have to go through all these additional steps, you know? Also, what, what else is so crazy is that Kim has no goals. Like Kim's goal was being famous. Kim's goal was being an actress or being a model or doing this. When they ask her and they're like, what is your ultimate goal? Like, do you want to be an actress? She's like, I really don't know. Like they were building up Kim's fame, but they didn't have any plan with it, which is so crazy to me. No. And they still, you know, when you look at it now, like it wasn't until recently that I think they had a full direction. Like you couldn't have planned for this. No, not at all. You know? 
And it almost seems like when you watch it back in retrospect that they were planning for just this, that like they would just become this ultra famous family who didn't have any real reputable skills, but like managed to do it all. And it almost seems like they were planning for that, but like there's no way they could have. No, they could not have. Even the best in the business at the time, because at the time, Chris wasn't the best in the business, would not have seen this trajectory. No, it didn't exist. It was, uh, again, it, it was just a fluke that this happened. It was like some glitch in the universe allowed that these unmarketable, cele- like low-level celebrities, reality stars, were able to become what they became. It's unbelievable. It was also, you know, you can't discount the fact that their rise was so perfectly aligned with the rise of social media because that's really where they built their most loyal following. Yeah, it was like everything that they were just had the best timing also. Like everything that was coming up, they got in the door of first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, the next scene, obviously Kim is telling Chloe that she met with the managers at Chris's house, whatever. And she basically wants Chloe to kind of wake Chris up a little. So she wants to send in Chloe to basically tell her, listen, Kim was meeting with these other people. So Chloe goes to smooch into the back office because at that time, fucking Chris was working in the back office of Smooch. Like, I just can't. I can't and no. no, I cannot. And she kind of tells her, and Chris takes it really harshly. And she changes her voicemail immediately to, Hi, this is Chris Jenner, no longer Kim Kardashian's manager. If you'd like to reach her, please contact her at her cell phone at this number. And Chloe's like, What the fuck? Like, she didn't even fire you yet. And Chris kind of just storms out, and there's left with Chloe kind of like picking up the pieces, which is just so classic, you know? It was so classic for Chloe to be the one that's just like, how are you mad at me right now? I know. <laughs> like that was Chloe's role. It was like, I did nothing. I just did what Kim asked. How am I the one in trouble? It was, it was quite literally the don't shoot the messenger. Also, I know obviously like no one could guess her number based on like leaving out the last four digits, but still that was kind of crazy. You think that was her real number though? This whole thing was so fucking staged. It obviously staged. But like, I mean, I, have- what I mean, like, that's crazy. Like, the, like the amount of calls that people were probably trying to do to get, figure out what the actual number was. I will say these episodes seemed so much more staged they than, were. you know, than now. Well, because think about it, like, there was nothing going on. They had to make TV. Like, yeah, this family was crazy and their personalities were crazy. But like, you also need events to happen in order to make a TV show. So they had to showcase their personalities by putting them in different situations. As the show went on, (laughs) they got themselves in those situations on their own. They didn't need fake things being put in or things being set up for them. Yeah. So the next scene, we're back at the house. The nanny arrives. Caitlin opens the door. And the nanny's like, hi, I'm Bree the nanny. She gets introduced to Kendall and Kylie. And you can kind of see early on this isn't going to work out. And Chris just fully takes the day off. So it cuts to her. She's at the spa. She's like totally not um, not paying attention to either what's going on at the house or also the fact that Kim is calling her constantly because all of the calls are now being sent to Kim's phone. So it's like her fucking sidekick or whatever phone she has is blowing up. And here's Chris like getting a massage and Kim is kind of like, what did I just do? You know? By the way, breathe and Annie walk so that Jeff Lowe's nanny could run. No, Julie, we have to. Should we just get into that right now? Yeah, I want to. I want to just skip ahead. I don't want to save it for the end. I just want to read it now. No, you know I what? Just, Hold on. I have an idea. We have The things that she talks about in the interview are all things that happen in the scene. So we have to do the whole scene and then we can get into it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. We basically found out some very interesting information about this nanny and, and the whole Kardashian uh, 
production situation. But anyway, like we uncovered it like from secret archives, but it was a Cosmo interview. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. yeah, It was, it was fully a Cosmo interview. We just happened to read it, but you know, we're back at the house now. Kendall and Kylie are swimming with their friends and the nanny is laying topless by the pool on her stomach, but clearly, you know, just tits out. And Caitlin is not at all like amused by this. There's no sort of like creepy dad vibe. She's kind of just like, get the literal fuck out of my house. Like these are my 10 year old kids. So again, Caitlin's calling Chris, Chris isn't answering and Caitlin's washing her car in the driveway. And there's the nanny standing there in her bathing suit, smoking a cigarette. Like it was just very, um, kind of like a, a fuck you to Chris. Like I told you I can handle this on my own. And now you bring this woman in and what is she doing around our children? Kind of vibe, right? Exactly. And, you know, Caitlin says, I'd like to fire this nanny right now, but you know what? I think it's time I taught my wife a lesson that you can't do everything in life. She really missed the boat. She didn't check this one out at all. So now Chloe comes into the house and Chloe kind of sees what's going on. Caitlin introduces her to Brie, the nanny. She's sitting there, you know, in their living room in her bikini. And Caitlin says to Brie, like, take Kendall and Kylie into the other room. And Chloe's kind of like, what the fuck? Like, she's wearing a bra top in front of you. This is inappropriate. This is weird. Caitlin's like, I've been here all day. It's been going like this all day. And Chloe's like, you know, do you want me to fire her? And Caitlin's like, no, your mom hired her. Your mom can fire her. So Chloe's at her confessional and she goes, my mom supposedly called a really reputable agency, but it looks to me like she called Hookers R Us. This girl is trash. And Chloe calls Chris and she leaves a voicemail. This is like the most, I think one of the most famous lines in all of, I would say in all of Kardashians, right? I so agree. She goes, mom, there's a whore watching your children, basically topless around your husband. You need to get over here before your husband leaves you for this 12-year-old biatch. <laughs> Chloe, there's no one like her. The way people, like, it's not even just Chloe, but the way people spoke in 2007 was amazing. No one says biatch anymore. Did anybody ever say biatch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I oh, guess you're yeah. right. Biatch was... So- So Chris comes home, obviously Caitlin introduces her, kind of, it all blows up in her face. She's like, what the fuck is going on? And at this time, you know, Brie is wearing her jewelry. She had been in in, uh, Chris's closet with Kendall and Kylie. She's wearing her jewelry. She's still in the bikini, et cetera. And she's, you know, Chris says to her, she's like, why don't you go put on a little cover up? And I want to talk to my husband for a second. And you can see this nanny is just like, how did I fucking get here? Like, what is going on? You know? Yes. And... Kate, you know, Chris says to Caitlin, like, why didn't you just tell her to leave? And Caitlin's like, because you hired her to be here. I wanted you to meet her. And I thought it was pretty funny. And Chris says like, you know, Caitlin says, I called you five times. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I can't. Julie writes, in the other room, Brie assures Chloe she's going to put on a shirt right now. And Chloe goes, quote, you don't need those babies out all the time. You're still going to look like you have big knockers no matter what. Like, I just couldn't wrap my head around. <laughs> what? I thought that was very comforting to Brie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I just like, I just like, I, I don't know. I, this, this scene really just sent me. I, I don't know what it was. I, I just could not. Think. Also, you know, cracking up about like, Caitlin was cracking up about this nanny and Chris is so pissed. And I think that like for the first couple of seasons, that was so the dynamic of their marriage. Like it was just them constantly trying to like get back at one another. It totally was. It's just so funny that here you have Chloe comforting this nanny of like, it's okay. You can put on a shirt. You still have big tits. You know, don't worry. It's Um, so funny. And Caitlin says like, you know, so Chris obviously fires Brie and Caitlin says, it was a nice gesture. I don't need any help. It's over. I can handle everything. And Chris says, you're the best dad. I love you. And in her confessional, she says, 
Every day I run my business, I manage two careers and I look after my family. It just gets so insane trying to keep everything on track. It's hard to admit, but I guess some things are falling through the cracks. I guess that's what's been happening with Kim. I really need to talk to her and make it right. I I love when the side problem directly correlates to the solution of the main problem of the episode. (laughs) Don't you? It's so full circle. (laughs) That still happens. 17 seasons later, that still fucking happens. Every time. It's like, wow. Like literally now it's like, wow. The way Scott remodeled his kitchen reminds me exactly of the way that I yelled at Chloe for the way she did hers. And I have to make things right with her. And we're all sitting here like, you know what? That is a very legitimate connection. (laughs) Like we don't, we don't even second guess it, I feel I like. Oh, it's so funny. No, we are literally props. We are fucking chess pieces. Oh, I know. I, swear. I know. We're pawns. I know. We're pawns. That's what it is. But I've, I've accepted it. I've accepted my fate. Listen, in a lot of other ways, I think that, you know, we are very independent thinking, entrepreneurial women. But you know something? I'm a pawn of the Kardashians and I don't give a shit. Because if, I'm, if we're going back to products, every product I bought, I loved. Every show I've watched, I've loved. So what is it taking away from my life? I, I obsess a little bit more over videos of Stormy, please. I don't want those minutes back anyway. The funniest thing is that like, if, if, if the way you're describing it is that like, it's our one thing, right? Like we're smart entrepreneurial women. Like we have a business, we do all these things. Like, so what our one thing is loving the Kardashians as if we didn't try and turn that into our own business. <laughs> and successfully <laughs> though. Relax and watch them. <laughs> we successfully did though. I know it's unbelievable. So wait, okay. So Julie and I did a little bit of research and we found a Cosmo article from March 2015 that's titled, The Kardashians Once Hired a Porn Star as Kendall and Kylie's Nanny for a Day. Okay? So, here we go. I'm going to just, I just got to read this. It's so good. Just okay? read the whole thing. I'm going to read the whole thing. And again, same thing. Julie and I are not dead naming. If we're ever referring to Caitlin, we will say Caitlin. But if it's a direct quote, we're going to leave it as it reads because um, that's what we learned is the right thing to do. So, it's the summer of 2007, and one giddy Calabasas family are busy filming the first season of their reality show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Who would have known what a cultural monster it would be back then? No one. That's who, except maybe Ryan Seacrest. The second episode's central plotline revolves around momager Chris being overworked and messier than usual. To compensate, she hires a nanny to watch then 11-year-old Kendall and 10-year-old Kylie. But despite calling what Chloe later describes as a, quote, very reputable agency to find someone to fill the position— The nanny who shows up is no Mary Poppins. She smokes. She tries on Chris's jewelry. She sunbathes topless. Bruce is appalled by all of this naturally. Chris is later forced to fire her, though she seems genuinely remorseful about it all. What dramatics. Here's the thing, though. And this may come as a shock, so (laughs) so steal yourselves. It was all a setup. Adult movie star Brie Olsen, the nanny, quote, hired by Chris, was actually booked for the gig by her agent, aka not a nannying agency, in between filming pornos like Manaconda 2 and Tinker With My Stinker. (laughs) In other words, when the show's producers decided they wanted to milk a, quote, slutty babysitter stereotype for laughs, they didn't half-ass it with their casting. Here, Olsen reminisces with with Cosmopolitan.com and explains how she actually did a much better job with the kids than it looked like on TV. Go figure. She even helped with her homework. Is it fair to say you weren't really working as a nanny back in 2007, given your then career in the adult movie industry? How did the babysitting gig come about? She goes, yes, well, I mean, it's a reality show, Cosmo, and a good one, too. She goes, so I got hired to go on the show. I don't remember all the specifics. My agent dealt with everything, and I just showed up. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But if it puts anyone's mind at ease, I grew up babysitting like most girls do. And I really did babysit Kylie and Kendall, and that's not a joke. When the camera stopped, it was a real deal job, and I didn't expect that. 
I kind of freaked out. I'm like, are you really leaving me with them? This is for real? So I just started talking with them. I was nervous because they were so tiny at the time. They were at that awkward stage when they're try- girls trying to be grown up. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what to say. Cosmo, were you conscious of the quote character you'd be playing or what your role would entail? Well, when they were casting, they wanted a super sexy vixen. Instead, they got a cute little girl with blonde hair like the girl next door. I just looked too wholesome, even in a bikini. I showed up with a baby blue and pink gingham two-piece. I mean, and so they had to spin it, I think, because they wanted me to be super trashy. I think that they thought because of my background that that's just something that comes naturally, but it doesn't to me. I was like, regular Midwestern girls do adult movies too, so you guys are going to have to make something else happen. So they ended up having me do more silly type things. They told me, oh, go into Chris's closet. I was so scared, asking, are you sure? Are you sure this is okay? And they're like, just go. I remember saying very specifically, well, if anything comes up stolen, you guys know I didn't do anything. Keep those cameras on, I thought to myself. If that red light turns off, I'm running out of this closet because the clothes and jewelry in there, who knows how expensive all that stuff is. Were you told why this, quote, trashy porn star nanny was the plan? She says, as far as I knew, the producers wanted someone from that background to see how the family would react. That is interesting because let's all be honest about how Kim came to be where she is, which is great. Like, get it, girl. I'm happy for her. But it's funny to me that they would throw that into the dynamic. On the show, your arrival is framed as a nanny hired by Chris from a, quote, reputable agency. To your knowledge, did the Kardashians know you were actually working in porn? I honestly don't think they knew. I think that only the producers knew, and I think that they hired a porn girl because of the scene in the pool where they have me take my top off. That happens in a lot of mainstream movies or in television or whatever. They'll automatically go to porn girls because they know that they're okay getting naked. It's more difficult to find an actress and be like, hey, can you show up? I don't even know how much it was for that day. Can you show up for 500 bucks and it's going to be real chill and you take your top off for the scene? You don't actually show anything. It's just implied that you do, blah, blah, blah. A porn girl's going to say that's fine all day long. So the scenes you mentioned before, like where your sunbathing topless are rooting through Chris's closet with Kendall, were they planned out for you? There were definitely suggestions for me. The producers definitely held my hand and led me around, but the family did whatever. It was very much them just doing their own thing. I had no idea when I left what it was going to turn out like. That also just shows me the magic of editing and just the reality shows because my experience there was like nothing. You know, the footage, of, it, it was nothing like the finished edit. The footage of me, maybe five minutes total, and I spent probably 15 hours there. It was a really long day and they shot almost all day. Whatever, I mean, it worked. It was entertaining. And they go, your time on the show ends with Chris firing you. Did you know that was coming? She goes, yeah, I knew. There were also some harsh comments from Chloe who says you look like you'd come from, quote, hookers or us in a confessional and calls you a whore. Were those a surprise? No, that's all I expected it to be. I'm surprised it wasn't worse. Regardless, I was really happy to be a part of it. Everyone was super nice. Every single one gave me a hug and I got a picture with all of them. They all knew exactly how to pose, even though they were in their first season. It was like they were on it. That is like the best thing I've ever read in my life. I can't believe we had a, I lit, Julie, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, if only we could talk to this fucking babysitter years later. And then I see this 2015 interview. I was like, Cosmo, you are doing the Lord's motherfucking work. No, it was amazing. And also, don't you wish you had that for every single person who like had a prop role on the show? Like, were the Kardashians aware of who you were before? Did they hire you or did production? Like, how were they, how did they treat you? Did they think that it was going on or were they like, like duped by the production team as well? Like, that was every single answer I would have ever wanted. And the other reason that I liked it is because I don't like, you know how we are. Like, I don't want like reading stuff that's like mean and exposing. Like, I don't want, you know, if, if, if it was something that like was supposed to be a secret, I don't want like that stuff divulged. But this wasn't, she was just being honest about her experience. And like, this is the kind of thing where I think we could do that. Like, I actually think we could go back and put together all of those types of people 
and interview them. I don't think it's the craziest thing. I think it would take a lot of work, but I think that would be an amazing idea. That would be so fun. That would be How so fun? much fun. I know. Maybe. Maybe we, should, maybe we shouldn't have said this on air type moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so down. I wonder if Ryan Seacrest would be down for that if it's, or if he thinks that it wouldn't be good. I don't think it would be, it wouldn't be a bad thing. We would never do it in like a mean way. It's just out of pure curiosity. Yeah. I guess they wouldn't want to expose like to the extent of how many people they have come on as props. But like we all know. Yeah, but if I mean, if we go back to like years and years ago, I think it's water under the bridge at this point. Nobody cares. Nobody's taking them any less seriously because they hired a fake secretary. Right. You know? like it's not like Jordan was hired to be there. Right, exactly. Anyway, last scene, as always, you know, it's kind of like a full house ending. Kim arrives at the house. She has a talk with Chris. Obviously, she says, you know, Chris is like, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes, but you need to trust me that I'm doing the best I can do. They apologize. Everything is good. And we end with nothing better than Chloe in a fucking matching juicy tracksuit fist fighting with Courtney. Oh, it's so good. It's so sad to see what their fist fights have become now though. Yeah. I mean, now it's like fucking bad girls club back then. It was just playful. Oh my God. The Chloe Courtney dynamic is so fun to watch. I like really miss it. That's the one thing that I felt really sad in Vi. I think I you know, so enjoy Kim not being left out that I forgot about it, but I really, really miss the way that Courtney and Chloe were. They had so much fun together. They were so funny. They so like did not give a fuck about the rest of it. It was their own little world and it happened to be on this thing with their sister. I also think that Courtney was just so much more lighthearted back then. Like it was just such a funner, funner is not a word. It was like a more fun, it was just such a more fun Courtney. Yeah. I mean, listen, none of them had responsibilities really. I know. It was another like, world. All I had to do was show up and have a good time. And then like, you know, life happens. Scott happens. Kids happen. Like you can see it. how Courtney ended up where she was. It's just so fun to watch like in retrospect. Yeah, it really was. So anyway, you guys, this was so much fun for us to do. We will be doing it every week again, unless something major happens that we need to devote an entire episode to it. But same time, same place, season one. And after that, we'll do some other shit because it's just endless. That's the best thing. It's like, yeah, it sucks that the Kardashian is uh, delayed till September, but it's not like it. It's not like our jobs can't exist. It's like you can never run out of shit to talk about. I could do an entire episode on what's going on with Larsa. Oh my god, I know. That's like my number one favorite thing to talk about. By the way, I don't. Yeah, like I don't know enough. Well, because if you guys saw, which we'll talk about this in the regular episode, that Daily Mail head headline that was like. Kim Kardashian's BFF Larsa Pippen in in like yellow bikini in Miami, and it's like, in what world, especially now, is she BFF? But like, she was never the BFF spot, you know? No, she wasn't. She thought she was, though. She really thought she was. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, anything else you want to add, Jewel? No, but you know what next week is? What? Girls Gone Wild episode. Oh my god, I cannot fucking wait. Wow. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for, I'll say it every week because like every week is just, I, it's a dream. I don't know how any of this is real. Like I can't <laughs> believe it's their job to like really, you know, psychoanalyze season two. I mean, season one, episode two of Kardashians. I just, I, I just feel so It's crazy. really crazy. Yeah. Thank you for caring about this stuff as much as we do. It's really fun to have an audience that is as interested. So we love you guys. We will see you on Monday for our regular episode. Um, and don't forget to leave a review if you enjoy it. Bye, guys. Thank you.